Join me and 10 other women for an incredible all-inclusive five-day healing retreat. This retreat was made for you if you want to be surrounded by loving, non-judgmental women and be guided to overcome your triggers and your insecurities so that you can fully step into your potential. Don't just take it from me. One attendee said that the retreat was more powerful for her than the last 10 years of therapy. Yes, you heard that right. 10 years. Now, I've just opened the doors to the priority list, and when you join the list, you will be the first to know when the doors open to sign up for Bravecation. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes to be added today. Hi, I'm Dr. Steph, and I'm here to guide you on your journey to healing from a difficult relationship with your mother. Whether she was narcissistic, emotionally immature, or just plain toxic, I want you to know that you are in fact not broken and you do not have to suffer from anxiety or explosive emotional reactions like lashing out. You can break the cycle. You are a strong, capable woman who can handle any challenge that comes your way. And I'm gonna show you how to have the ultimate control over your reactions so that you are unstoppable. Welcome to the Broken to Brave podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Broken to Brave podcast. How's your week going so far? Keep the DMs coming on Instagram because I really love hearing from you. Like I really do. Uh, Let's see. Quick update on Annabella in case you're curious. After what I shared a couple weeks ago, I've lost track of time, to be honest. But the last two weeks have been good. She's been doing a lot better, and um, I got her body moving before school and after school, kind of thinking, okay, maybe this is going to help release any emotions that are stuck inside, and there's been a few days where the girls, I have two daughters in case you don't know, but the girls just had a squealing, I wouldn't say screaming, but it was high-pitched, not like a negative yelling but squealing fest with each other. And in the past, honestly, probably would have like shut that down and told them not to be so loud inside. But now I'm looking at it as an opportunity to release stuck emotions and to help themselves regulate because in particular for Annabella in kindergarten, you know, she's highly controlled at school and keeping it all in. So the opportunity to like release that is so good for her nervous system. And I don't know, just wanted to share that quick update with you. And if you have kids, I'm curious how they're doing lately. If you don't, how are you doing overall? Let me know. (sighs) Just a big sigh right there. (laughs) I'm just going to let that stay on the, the, the final podcast. Let's dive in. All right, so I want to talk about a challenge that so many women face. Women in my community who are moms have brought this up. Women who are not moms have brought this up. And what it is, is putting themselves last. 
If you're a mom, you may resonate with putting yourself last and prioritizing your family, in particular, your kids' schedules and the homework and the, getting them to places and the extracurricular activities and the appointments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then also fulfilling your own work requirements, whether you have your own business or you work part-time or you work full-time, and you may or may not be prioritizing your relationship with your partner. And very likely anything related to yourself, you've put at the bottom of the list. And if you're not a mom, you may find yourself in the cycle of prioritizing work or your career above all else, maybe starting the workday early, taking little to no breathers during the workday, working long hours, putting in time on the weekend. Do either of these sound familiar to you? Do either of these sound like you? Part of you might be responding like, oh yeah, I used to be like that, but I've gotten better. I'm not like that now. Or maybe you're thinking, "Mm, not exactly. You know, I make time to get my hair done and my nails done or something along those lines. And while there's nothing wrong with, I call it external self-care, things like nails, hair, facials, massages, et cetera, that doesn't counteract putting yourself last on a day-to-day basis or putting everyone else's needs before your own. Because we are born recognizing that we are worthy. And we are born recognizing that our needs and our desires are important and that they matter. And then we learn to minimize or suppress that from our caregivers, from our parents, from society. And when your needs are minimized on a regular basis, you are not honoring yourself. You, When you put yourself last on a regular basis, you are essentially betraying yourself. And I know that sounds strong. I was actually just talking to a client earlier this morning. We had a call. And one of the things that came up was that she feels like she sacrifices so many things. She does not have the capacity to sacrifice anything else. And while maybe... If you're listening to that, you might have had a similar experience and you're like, well, shouldn't I just like be able to push through or power through or like make myself do this thing that I'm saying I want to do? Perhaps, but you can't do it from a place of I'm sacrificing so much. Just like, let me just pile on another thing. It's where can I honor myself more? Where can I give myself more of what I want so that my cup essentially isn't in, isn't like empty and so that I have the capacity to uh, compromise and give in other places, for instance. So I'm just going to say this, like betraying yourself, putting yourself last. This was true for me for most of my life, honestly. Until I had my first coach in 2016. And I've got to say, just a plug for her, that experience was incredible. I probably wasn't the easiest person to work with, but she made such an impact on my life and changed the way I saw so many things. And yeah, I don't know, just wanted to share that. But at that point, 
part of my identity was that I was a rule follower, that I was responsible and that I followed through on commitments and I did what I should do. I probably about a year before that, I took this assessment called Strengths Finders. You may have heard that before. And these types of things came out. I would have to go back and look, but like responsible, dependable, like that element was, those were part of my strengths. And what now I know is you've got to remember that you filled it out. And just because that's part of your identity doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't creating consequences in other areas. So I have a lot more to say on that. If you're curious about that, send me a message, but I just wanted to put that plug. These things that are perceived as good by many, most, all, I don't know, they were part of my identity. They were things that I was proud of. I saw those things as nothing but good. And I was so happy that that's who I was. But what I failed to understand and recognize is that I was very often putting my needs last and betraying myself because that was part of my identity. So I, let me see if I can explain this well. Um, You know what? Let me give an example. I was working two jobs at that time and I got to the point where I really didn't want to work the second job. I was just tired of working constantly, like all day, many evenings on the weekend. I was tired and probably on the verge of burnout, but I kept doing it. And I did because I committed to doing that job. And so I wouldn't allow myself to behave any differently to quit because being responsible and doing the things that I say I'm going to do were part of my identity. So that would have been like a huge, um, oh, how do I explain this? Maybe even like a knock to my self-esteem because I'm not that type of person. So then I could, if I left, I actually did eventually leave, which is totally fine. And it was not a big deal after all. But part of the internal struggle, like that internal battle was, this is who I am. If I go against who I am, everything's in question. Who am I? Right? Because that was so deeply ingrained. Hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, I'm sure you'll let me know and ask questions. Anyways, so yeah, I just really, really failed to understand that I was putting my needs last, betraying myself. And it was largely related to me being so like holding on so tightly to these parts of my identity. And what I didn't realize is that doing those things was the primary cause of me feeling anxious every day. Doing what things? Putting myself last and betraying myself was the primary cause of me feeling anxious every day. 
I remember chatting with a friend from college. Her name was Jessica, and we took a psychology course together about mental disorders. And during that course, I decided that I had generalized anxiety disorder, which is essentially for, I think the time frame is for at least a period of six months, you essentially are worried, or more, obviously, you're worrying about everything constantly and you can't control the worry, even when there's like not really anything to worry about. And I absolutely did not understand what was causing it. I thought that's just who I was and that there really wasn't anything to do about it. But boy, am I glad, like I'm so glad that I was wrong. So does that feel true for you? Do you consider yourself an anxious person? Do you worry all the time? And it just feels like your default. It just feels like that's just who I am. What if you are wrong? Now, in case you missed, I think it was last week's episode, here's a few ways that anxiety could be showing up for you. Overthinking or ruminating, fear of failure, feeling afraid to disappoint others, you know, portraying yourself on the outside as being fine, meaning like you appear calm and collected, but you're not on the inside, powering through even when you really need space to yourself or time off because that's what you should do or that's what you have to do. You might also struggle with insomnia, needing reassurance of people um, to make sure that they're not like upset with you or angry with you having perfectionist tendencies or poor boundaries or struggling to say no. So just to clarify, you don't have to be struggling with all of those, but if you can see yourself in the one or more of those things, that's a sign that you're dealing with anxiety, whether you recognize it or not. And in order to increase your awareness, I have just a super simple exercise for you to implement over the next two weeks. You could do this digitally, a digital calendar or a paper calendar, I just want you to indicate how many of these signs and which ones show up for you on a daily basis. And then send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook for that matter and let me know what you discover. Okay, let's circle back to what I said a moment ago. There are certain things about me that I considered as who I was. And these things were essentially part of my identity. One, prioritizing everyone and everything else. And then two, feeling anxious all the time. And in my experience, most people think this is just who they are. This is their default mode. And I'm here to tell you, you are not just an anxious person. And literally one of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking, this is just the way that I am when it comes to feeling anxious. And I get it because everyone says that. And heck, I used to say it. That's just the way that I am. It's so easy to fall in that trap because we hear so many people around us making these claims. So we just come to accept that it is true. But what if it were true, then no one would ever change anything about themselves. And you would never tell a baby, for instance, just an example, that they're bad at walking when they haven't even learned to walk yet. That's ridiculous, right? And the thing is, is we haven't learned. 
We weren't taught this in society. We weren't taught this at school. And most of us weren't taught this by our parents. And especially if you're here and you're resonating with all of these podcasts, you probably weren't taught this by your parents. So how could you say that's part of who you are when you haven't learned the skills yet? Saying it's just the way you are is like saying you're not skilled at softball, for instance, when you've literally never picked up a bat and practiced. And if you keep holding on to this belief, what you're going to do, and I would say unintentionally, but now you'll know, is cause stagnation in your life. Why? Because the moment that you tell yourself, this is just the way that I am, what you do is you send a message to your mind to stop looking for solutions. So how do you transition out of this? First, here's why it's happening. If you are approaching every day with the mindset of, okay, I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to be present today. I'm not going to worry. I won't feel scattered. I know I can do this. I know I'm capable. And then as things come up throughout the day, you do everything you can to hold it together, to not feel tense, to focus, to let it go, to not worry, to feel confident, to let things slide and not let them bother you. Can you resonate, by the way? Then you are most likely approaching your emotions and reactions with control, which is kind of like a pot of boiling water with the lid on, okay? If you've got the lid on, what is going to happen to a pot of boiling water? Think, Think of the boiling water as your emotions, could be your thoughts too. If you hold them in, your emotions... And if you try to make your thoughts go away, they don't just disappear permanently. They show up in some way. And how they come out differs across people. But when it comes to anxiety, essentially you have the water boiling inside of you. What is that boiling water? It could be feeling incompetent or not capable. It could be feeling inadequate. Um, worries about feeling embarrassed, fear of failure, feeling rejected, ignored, tense, scattered, you know, etc. And if you are approaching life and yourself from control, trying to hold it all in, like keeping the lid on the pot of boiling water and not allowing yourself to feel those things or have certain thoughts that you have, then who's in control? Who has control? You don't. Because the moment that those experiences pop up and you can't make them go away, then you don't increase your capacity to tolerate the uncomfortable. When you don't allow yourself to feel it or to think it, you don't increase your tolerance. Trying to control yourself and your environment, which I'm just going to own up here. This is how I was showing up. It is the very thing that results in anxiety that you don't want. But you know what actually you can do to overcome this so you don't feel anxious and worried every day? There's a lot to this. And it really comes down to those three pillars that I've been talking about, but I want to give you a few concrete steps to put into place. And just for clarification, if you're like, wait a second, what three pillars is she talking about? Did she mention some? Did I miss something in the podcast? No, not this episode. So let me say them really quick. Comes down to mastering three pillars, analyzing data, 
activating choice, and absolute acceptance. Those are the three pillars. Now, what you can do with a few concrete steps to make positive shifts in this area is first, tell yourself, I am willing to figure out how to overcome the anxiety that I feel. This sends a message to your mind, look out for solutions. And you'll turn on your reticular activating system, aka your RAS, which is like that fancy filtering system in your brain that shows you a zillion blue Subarus after you purchase a blue Subaru, even if you never saw a single one before that purchase. I know we've all had that experience. Okay, second is to ask yourself, how can I prioritize myself daily? And you can journal on the question, if I honored myself more, what would I do differently? And maybe your immediate reaction is, I know exactly what I would do differently. I would stop doing this. I wouldn't do that. And obviously, there may be consequences for making some shifts. So ultimately, it comes to, can you cope with the consequences? And I'm here to tell you, you absolutely can. And if you feel like you can't, then that's a whole nother conversation that we need to have. And that's you're not alone in that experience. Okay, so that was the first and second tip. The third one is get curious about your behavior. And that phrase is get curious, not furious. And ask yourself, what am I avoiding feeling by choosing to put myself last? Okay, because you are avoiding something. If you're, you feel like you don't want to put yourself last, but you keep on doing it, there's something that you're avoiding feeling. So let me ask you, do you want to keep choosing to keep yourself stuck or do you want to shift into a bold, brave, badass mindset so that you can overcome anxiety? And honestly, anything else that you tell yourself, this is just the way that I am. It's easy to listen to a podcast and then gloss over the recommendations. But what if the first thing you did to honor yourself, to put yourself first, to prioritize yourself, and it's not at the expense of other people, it's just you matter too. Okay, what if the first thing that you did was you follow the recommendations that I shared? And then second, you send me a DM and you let me know what you discover after you've um, followed them. I can't wait to hear from you. I will see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening today. If you're ready to heal so that triggering situations no longer control you and so that you can feel empowered, brave, and thrive in any situation, DM me the word brave on Instagram and I'll send you a training where you will learn three of the most common mistakes driven women are making that are keeping them stuck in negative emotions and what you can do instead.